Support for this broadcast of Two Rivers 30 Minutes comes in part from a grant from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. We may have seen the news that the city of McKeesport has been awarded a grant from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention for $125,000 to work with UPMC and a broad coalition of community groups to develop what they're calling a citywide strategy to address chronic diseases, food security, and access to health care. Now, the grant was announced uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and it comes through the Centers for Disease Control's Closing the Gap with Social Determinants of Health grant program. Keysport's one of about a dozen cities nationwide to be awarded a grant this year to work on the social determinants of health. What are the social determinants of health, and what role do different community groups play in, in a part? My understanding from the mayor is that two meetings have already uh, been held uh, with this network of community organizations. On the line with us is one of the people who is participating. She's uh, Dr. Tracy Conti, and she's with uh, UPMC. Uh, good morning, Dr. Conti. Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking some time to, to talk with us. First things first, social determinants of health is, is a buzzword that, that we're hearing more and more. Uh, what, does that, what does that mean? What does that encompass? Well, thanks for having us on today. And, you know, thanks for talking about this important conversation. And so the social determinants of health are those things in the environment where people uh, work, where they live, where they play, where they go to school and worship, um, that really affect a wide range of health functioning and their quality of life. You are, are both a family medicine practitioner yourself uh, with UPMC's Latterman Clinic in McKeesport, but you're also a researcher in, in the Department of Family Medicine uh, at, at UPMC. So you see this from both sides uh, of the equation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a physician, you know, one of the roles is I have is to ensure that we are practicing medicine in a way that really elevates the care for our patients. And that's learning new things. It's investigating things. And so that's where the research component comes in. For family medicine, we care for the full spectrum of patients um, from birth to death and everything in between. And so when we think about the social determinants of health in a research perspective, what we're thinking about is, well, how do those things that are in the environment that our patients interact with on a daily basis really affect their health? Um, Studies have shown when you look at someone's health, the amount of influence that a physician or medicine in general has on that patient is only 20%. And so all of the other um, aspects of their health, their economic stability, um, their access to education, where they live in their neighborhoods, their built environments, who are the people around them, their social context, their community, and 
play a much, much larger role. And so if I, as a physician, don't pay attention to that, I'm not going to have much um, interaction or much effect on the care that I give for my patients. Is this where we talk about holistic healthcare or a holistic approach to healthcare? And I, I know sometimes that gets a, a bad word too, because sometimes that is distorted or it's twisted around, but it's, it's, um, mental health, it's physical health, it's nutrition, it's all, all of these different things playing a factor. Right. You're, you're exactly right. Um, the philosophy in family medicine and as a primary care specialty is whole person care. Um, and we consider in family medicine, it's the biopsychosocial model of care. We know that all of those things impact someone. So their physical health is related to their behavioral health and related to their spiritual health. All of those things interact together to think about that whole person. And so if I am treating a patient, I'm not only treating that patient in their whole person care, but I'm treating that patient in the context of their own family, in the context of that family in their community, in the context of that community in the larger population. And so it's really important for us to understand all of the things that affect that larger population so that we can tailor care to that specific person. Uh, we're talking this morning with Dr. Tracy Cotty. She is chair of the Department of Family Medicine and an associate professor at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine. She's also a practitioner at the Latterman Family uh, Health Center of UPMC uh, in McKeesport, which is attached to UPMC McKeesport Hospital, the, the Mon Valley area, correct? You grew up in, in the Woodland Hill School District? I did. I'm an um, early graduate of Woodland Hill in the first year that they had the combined high school way back in 1988. Oh, um, you didn't have to tell so, me that. You know, yes. <laughs> um, happy to share. We're proud of being those original Wolverines in that high school. We got to choose the colors. But, you know, and that's why coming back to Pittsburgh was really important to me because I have family in the area. Um, the impact that, you know, health had on my own family and my trajectory, I wanted to make sure that I could be a voice for community, um, a voice to improve the care for the communities that we serve. I have patients that live across Pittsburgh, um, but, but in particular, there are some in the Mon Valley area, and um, our church home is in Rankin, PA, for example, and my husband's a pastor of that church, and so community becomes really, really important to me. Hey, I want to get more into kind of the mechanics of how this coalition is forming uh, in McKeesport. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, the city of McKeesport has received $125,000 to put towards the planning process of pulling together a coalition of something like four dozen uh, different community organizations, including uh, UPMC, playing a, a key role in that to address these social determinants of health. But I want to talk to you a little bit about the disparities in healthcare and how they are tied to socio socioeconomic factors. Uh, there was a report that I think was commissioned by the mayor of Pittsburgh uh, about five years ago that examined healthcare outcomes within the city of Pittsburgh, but I think it can be extrapolated to the, to the wider region around greater Pittsburgh. What did that report show in terms of uh, how health outcomes are tied to you, basically your census tract, what census tract you grew up in and what the income level in that census tract is. H how does that end up determining your, your trajectory in terms of your health care? Right. Really good question. And yes, that report was the Pittsburgh inequality across gender. Um, and what that report showed was 
in this great city of Pittsburgh, if you take a look under the hood, that there's some significant gaps in care and outcome, um, and especially for Black women. And so we saw um, a significant uh, decrease in the amount of um, employment opportunities and how um, the income levels for um people. We saw there were significant disparities in the educational achievements across race. Um, and then particularly with maternal morbidity and mortality, we saw that there was a, a threefold increase in maternal um, morbidity for women um, um, who are Black. And so with all of the healthcare in the Pittsburgh area. This is just something that we can't continue to allow to happen. We have to be able to look and really um, understand why we see those disparities and put in the resources to decrease those disparities. And so if you think about health and, and how the social determinants of um, health impact health outcomes, we can do something as simple as nutrition. And so, um, for example, if I have a patient with high blood pressure, one of the things that we talk about is the type of food that they eat. And I, in the doctor's office, if I'm only thinking about that, I will do something what's called like a DASH diet that talks about them having low salt. However, um, if a patient lives in a food desert where we know there are lots of food deserts within the Pittsburgh region um, that people don't have ready access to fresh fruits or vegetables, and sometimes they're limited to buy their groceries from a corner store, we know in those corner stores it's very difficult to keep fresh produce and most of what they keep are canned goods. It is hard for me to have my patient eat low salt when they are um, dependent on um, a diet of canned foods because that's what they have access to. And so that's why the social determinants of health become so important because if we as physicians, as medical providers don't understand what our patients do and don't have access to, it's hard for us to tailor treatments to have them have the best outcomes that they possibly can. As we're sitting here, I, I, I was very self-conscious of the fact that I'm drinking this diet uh, soda that is very I know is very high in in sodium, and as you were talking, one of the things I was thinking of is we often stigmatize uh, people who are poor, and in fact, I see this a lot of times a trope in the media of well, how could they be poor if they're overweight, or how could they be poor if they can afford to eat fast food? But in in some parts of the city of Pittsburgh, there is, as you pointed out, nothing but convenience stores or, or, or dollar stores or discount stores, there is not a source of fresh produce, fresh fruits and vegetables. Exactly. And that's why, you know, we can't look at a patient and make um, biased determinations about the causes of, of why and um, believe that that can be something that they solely have control over when so much of what people have access to is outside of their sphere of control. Um, again, thinking about education and um the built environment, depending on where you live, you are exposed to um, toxins that not everybody's exposed to. And so if you are in a neighborhood that is surrounded by a manufacturing plant, those that environmental affect to your health is going to impact. And if we don't understand that, if we just look at 
um, that person just coming to the office alone, we can't make the necessary recommendations. And so it's about us going the step beyond. And I really feel that that's what this grant helps us as a community do, come together to think about all the aspects and pull the resources together to say, you know, here is what we can do as a unit to improve the overall health of the community. Broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes on Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, and Tube City Online Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Support for this broadcast comes from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. Since 1866, Striffler's has provided compassionate professional memorial services for families in White Oak, McKeesport, Dravosburg, Portview, and the surrounding areas. Striffler's offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare. And through its affiliated company, Design Monuments, Striffler's also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone, bronze, and other high-quality materials. Learn more at Striffler's.com or call 412-678-6191. Welcome back. Dr. Tracy Conti is our guest. She is an associate professor at the Department of Family Medicine. She's also vice chair, or excuse me, she's chair of that department, and she practices at the UPMC Latterman Clinic. She's part of a new coalition in the city of McKeesport to address social determinants of health. That includes everything from the built environment in which people live to their income level to their access to fresh food, exercise, and health care. Uh, before we talk the break, Dr. Dr. Connie, we talked a little bit about uh, environmental justice, I think is what it's called now, but it's basically people who are in lower income levels oftentimes are in neighborhoods that are high pollution neighborhoods. It tends to be places where the rent is lower or where housing prices are lower. What does that do to overall health to live perhaps next to a manufacturing facility or next to a major highway? Yeah, so um, the neighborhoods that people live in have a major impact on their health and well-being. Um, if you live next to a manufacturing plant, you are affected by the toxins from that plant um, the closer that you live. You have to think about what um, the toxins are doing to the water. Um, and so then you're ex also exposed by the water that you're drinking. And even when there are safety protocols, we know that no matter what the cleansing process of the water, there are still toxins that get through. We've seen that time and time again, for example, with lead. Um, and so they become really important and how we address healthcare can't just be limited to what happens in the doctor's office. We have to think about what happens in the communities where people live. And that means thinking about policy and working with our legislators to change how the environments that our families live in um, um, are, are cared for and, and having legislation that helps improve the safety and well-being for those patients. From a layperson's perspective, there's a part of this that sounds to me like common sense. When I was a kid, it seemed maybe as if a lot of times we were treating the symptoms. We were treating the symptoms after they developed or we were treating the diseases without addressing the underlying causes of the diseases, such as uh, lung disease, uh, reduced heart and lung function, uh, obesity, diabetes, uh, all, all the different things that often are connected to, to people who have grown up in a low-income neighborhood. Uh, it sounds to me like social determinants of health 
is is that common sense model is addressing the underlying root causes rather than waiting until things become symptomatic. Is that and that's an oversimplification, but is that more or less accurate? Right. I, yeah, I don't think it's an oversimplification. I think it just um, highlights the importance of why we need to to think about the social determinants of health as we are caring for patients. As a family physician, um, a lot of what I try to focus on is um, keeping people well versus just treating people when they're sick. And so if I want to keep somebody well, I have to think about what are those things that are going to help them stay well. And so if one of the recommendations is exercise, I can't just tell somebody to exercise. I have to think about, well, where can they exercise? Is it safe in their environment for them to exercise? Is there a facility that's affordable for them to go and exercise? Um, if not, what are some of the modifications that I need to teach them at home versus just giving blanket a blanket statement of go exercise. I think um, thinking about the social determinants of health really moves us into a health equity framework where we're giving people the tools so that everybody can achieve their best and um, an equal outcome, even though they may need different resources to begin with to get them to that best and equal outcome. Hey, we're talking with uh, Dr. Tracy Cotty from the University of Pittsburgh. She's also a practitioner at the Lateran Clinic at U- U- UPMC McKeesport Hospital. One thing we have not uh, talked about is you addressed maternal health and prenatal health, but we haven't really talked about early childhood intervention. Uh, how much of a determinant, no pun intended, uh, for someone's later uh, health care trajectory are, are the early childhood years? They're extremely important. It's the foundation of someone's health. And we know that the impacts that we make in children help them to grow up to be healthy adults. And so starting those habits early, whether that be eating a healthy diet, exercising, all are going to be important. We have seen an explosion in this country of early uh, type 2 diabetes in children, and mostly because of the diets that our kids are eating and the lack of exercise with the increase in gaming and social media and telephone use. And so those are the things that we can target early in childhood to try to help our children live healthier and productive lives. We have another break coming up. The time goes quickly, but before we get to that, I want to ask about mental health, and I specifically want to ask about uh, addressing childhood trauma. Uh, We have been through, some would say we are still in a a pandemic, which saw uh, a lot of students out of school for, for more than a year or taking classes remotely. We have heard both anecdotally and seen statistics that some school districts are reporting an increase in disciplinary problems. Uh, kids are sort of trauma responding to, to being back in class. We also know that gun violence uh, is an issue, not just in the Pittsburgh area, but throughout the country. And I, I often, I'm, I do not have children, but I have a lot of friends who are, have children of, of small school age who talk about, you know, their children doing uh, gun safety drills and and, uh, lockdown drills. And and they're starting to wonder, what is the mental 
impact of all this taking a toll, especially on the K through 12 years um, for having been locked out of school and now maybe having a, you know, knowing about gun violence in their neighborhood or practicing safety drills uh, in their school. Uh, what can we do with the social, what does the social determinants of health have to do with uh, mental health and, and childhood trauma? So tr providing trauma-informed care is a key tool in helping us address those issues. We do know what social isolation, our children suffered from that. They needed social interactions and sometimes that school environment was what helped that. Um, and so that there, because there was such a gap, we need to make sure that we're addressing um, any issues. And part of that comes from talking about it. And so one of the key things that could have every parent do is bring their children in for their well child exam. Because during that well child exam, we explore how someone's doing, not just physically, but emotionally. We talk about school and how their school performance is. We talk about if there's behavioral issues. We talk about safety. Are there guns at home? Are there exposure to guns? Are there exposure to violence? And then we're able to get them to the resources that they need, again, to live that healthy and sustained life. Um, but it starts with a preventive visit. And I know um, a lot of focus has been on, I go see the doctor when I'm sick versus we need to change sure. that. I go see the doctor to stay well. And that means going even when I'm not sick so that I can stay well. Let's pause right there. When we come back, let's talk specifically about the, the preliminary planning process uh, that is going in to pulling this coalition together in McKeesport and uh, the path that you see it, it taking, what, uh, what, what, you're, what you're hopeful for the outcomes to be, okay? Sounds good. Uh, Dr. Tracy Conti is an associate professor and chair of the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Pittsburgh. She's also a practitioner at uh, the UPMC McKeesport uh, Latterman Clinic, which is a family medicine clinic. We're talking about a $125,000 grant from the federal CDC uh, that is designed to help the city, UPMC, and other organizations uh, close the gap with social determinants of health in the McKeesport area. McKeesport, one of approximately 15 cities across the country to be awarded a grant from this program in this round of funding. Support for this broadcast comes from the City of McKeesport Fair Housing Office. Fair housing is your right, and the Fair Housing Act prohibits discrimination in housing because of race, color, national origin, religion, sex, gender identity, sexual orientation, family status, or disability. That includes renting or buying a home, getting a mortgage, seeking housing assistance, or engaging in other housing-related activities. For more information about Fair Housing Act protections in the city of McKeesport, call 412-675-5020, extension 635. Back for a final few minutes with Dr. Tracy Cotty from the University of Pittsburgh. We're talking about the social determinants of health, and we're talking about a new coalition that's being pulled together that Dr. Cotty uh, and her colleagues are part of in the city of McKeesport to address some of those social determinants of health. Those are factors such as income, neighborhood, uh, the environment, uh, access to fresh food and exercise, all of which can play a role in, in someone's lifelong uh, health journey. Um, some of the organizations uh, that, that you and the city have reached out to uh, include uh, the La Rosa Youth Club, the Boys and Girls Club of uh, Western Pennsylvania, the Area Agency on Aging, uh, churches, uh, the McKeesport uh, Shared Ministry, uh, the Zion Baptist Church, uh, the NAACP, 
Kentucky, Penn State, Greater Allegheny. I don't mean to say a bad word to, to folks at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, but your colleagues over at Penn State, Greater Allegheny are helping uh, as well. Um, why these group of organizations? Why uh, are, are, are these organizations each playing a role in this coalition? Yes, you know, the, the mayor really invited this group of community leaders trying to represent the, the range of um, organizations that serve the community so that we can um, have the best chance of coming up with shared resources, pooled resources to really improve um, the outcomes that the city has around the social determinants of health. Um, and, you know, there's such um, a, a richness in the community organizations um, being brought together in this manner to share ideas to see where there are overlapping services that we can um, um, really work well with, but also identify where are their gaps. And so I think the broad range of those community organizations are going to be very fruitful in this effort um, to really improve McKeesport's outcomes. We often talk on this program, McKeesport is a a low-income area. It is an area that has struggled uh, in the decline of the steel industry, as as so many of the surrounding towns have also. But I'm glad that you mentioned this sort of wealth of resources. It's it's an area that may be low in income, but but it sounds to me as if it's it's got a wealth of human capital that uh, this group is hoping to draw on. Absolutely. It's one of the reasons why I continue to practice in McKeesport today, the... um, the love, the investment that all everyone brings to the community to help improve is it, it just can't be matched. And so to work in that environment, to work with a group of people who just want to um, have the best outcome for everyone is just um, refreshing. Um, and so the opportunity to be a part of that and to represent EPMC um, is, is a highlight in my career, honestly. I, what, the, the grant from the federal CDC is for $125,000, and it's to uh, fund this preliminary planning stage and, and the, the beginning stages of this. What is your hope? Um, and I know you can only speak for yourself and only speak for your program, not for the mayor or anybody else. But what is your hope that we will see a year, three years, five years down the road? What what kind of fruits will this will bear? It's my hope that, you know, this is just the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. This funding will help bring us together. But then we are able to continue to look for resources to support this work. It would be my ideal that everyone has an opportunity to achieve their best health and they all have the resources available to do that. I believe that we can see that come to fruition in McKeesport. It is going to take all of us working together for that better McKeesport to do this, but I absolutely believe it's possible. I I am familiar with a a program that is similar to this down in Clareton called Clareton Cares, which has also been addressing the social determinants of health, and I think they've been working with some of the healthcare providers and community organizations down in that area. I, I don't I don't know if you're familiar with that program at all or not. I, I'm wondering, has this model been tried in other communities? I, I guess the fact that the CDC is funding 15 cities with this, I, I, I guess this is a model that works, it sounds like to me. Yes, and I think that's why the CDC um, has really invested in this to get implementation 
grants, but then there are opportunities for further funding. And uh, so we've been working with um, Laura Fisher, who is our Senior Director for Strategy and Partnership, um, to really help us be able to explore more opportunities for funding to address these needs. Final thoughts. Um, when will there be opportunities for members of the community to to learn more about this? Are there going to be community meetings, town hall type meetings where uh, people can get involved? Because I can, I, I'm sure there are people out there who are listening who th- they're getting excited about this and and they would like to help or their group would like to help. Uh, how will they get involved? Uh, yeah, I know that that is in the planning to ensure that. We hear the voice of the community. Um, In all my work, I really try to focus on doing with community versus doing to community. And the only way that you can do what, yeah. And the only way that you can really do that is by having community involved from the very, very beginning. And so, you know, there are these planning meetings, but there will be opportunities for the community's voice to be heard um, especially through the organizations that are working together. Dr. Tracy Conti has been our guest this morning. She's an associate professor and chair of the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Pittsburgh. She's also a practitioner at the UPMC McKeesport Latterman Health Clinic. She's part of a coalition that has come together to address the social determinants of health in the city of McKeesport. They are working with several dozen other organizations and they are in the early planning stages. Dr. Conti, thank you so much for explaining a little bit of this work to us and and talking to us this morning. Well, thank you so much for having me on and thanks for elevating this issue and um, getting the word out to all your listeners. This is going to be something that I think will have benefits for our community. And thank you all for listening this morning to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Thank you.